All right, so 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 16, verses 14 to 23. I'm just going to read this for you again. Uh, so it's the story that we read at the start, and it's going to kind of be our, our text for the evening. This is what it said. Now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit uh, was tempting or tormenting him. Saul's attendant said to him, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord, commanding his servants here, to search for someone who can play the lyre. He will play when the evil spirit from, comes on you, and you will feel better. So Saul said to his attendants, Find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. He's a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and he's a fine looking man. And the Lord is with him. Then Saul sent messengers to, messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and a young goat, and sent them with his son David to Saul. David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much. And David because, became one of his armor bearers. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, saying, Allow David to remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. I love this part. Whenever, whenever the Spirit of God the, came on Saul, this evil spirit, David would take up his lyre and play. Then relief would come to Saul, he would feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. Many different things defined David's life. If you're with us and you've been with us the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at this guy, David. This superhero of the faith. And actually, it's funny, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I, I talked about sort of this superhero, who's your favorite superhero, and I talked about Superman was one of mine. And uh, a couple of years ago, I actually made up this costume, and I found it this last week. It may even make an appearance, we'll see. But it's actually my Super Dave costume. It's kind of like this, a Super David costume, right? This guy was incredible. Lots of things defined his life. And we've talked about some of those. He was this military man, a fierce competitor, a spiritual leader, a shepherd, a poet, all of these things. But long before all of that, David was a musician. Long before all of that, he was first and foremost a musician. He was this worshiper who expressed his heart for God, and most notably through his music. Of the 150 psalms, over half of them were composed by David. One of, the, uh, one of my heroes today, a, a guy named Paul David Hewson. Anybody know Paul David Hewson? Uh, probably known by the name Bono. Paul David Hewson? You didn't know that? I know, I love that, eh? Uh, this is what he had to say. So if you guys want to go back to the first slide. Uh, I kind of jumped around you on you a little bit. Uh, no, all the way right back to the first. We'll get right back to the start. We got our great helpers tonight, eh? Absolutely. Yeah, and then one more past that. So it's just like the other. Forgive me then. <laughs> They're not in order, and I apologize. It's the one that says this. David was first and foremost a musician, an artist, a performer. This is what Bono said. His psalms introduced me to God. Bono was inspired by David. 
Not to faith in God, but a tangible sense of God. David was a musician who exercised his gift much more skillfully than he lived his life. I actually watched, um, recently watched an interview with Bono and Eugene Peterson, the guy who wrote the message, the Bible. And they actually, in, Eugene Peterson just passed away this year, but they actually became very good friends over the last couple of years. And actually watched an interview, it's a really cool interview if you ever want, it's about an hour long, of them discussing the Psalms. Eugene Peterson and Bono talking about this, how David and these Psalms, how they inspired faith. It's really cool. It's neat. You can find it on YouTube. It's kind of a neat watch. But the title of my talk tonight uh, is simply this, Harp. And it's intended to help us understand this significant association, this significant connection between music and spirituality. Between the song, between music and this thing that inspires and lifts us in our spirituality. You see, to understand man, I think there's this connection that we have to understand between music and the presence of God. Someone once said that music is the universal language of the soul because it's clearly interpreted by every culture of the world. It's this incredible phenomenon and it comes through generations. It washes up on the shore of every nation. And there might be differences in how we play music and what it looks like from culture to culture, nation to nation. But from almost every civilization through all of time, music has played a part and had this peace in spirituality. So where did music come from? Who created? Who invented this amazing gift? Have you ever wondered where music started? Anybody ever wondered that? I'm a musician. I wondered that. Where did music start? And although you can kind of find it in all different, like, uh, tribes and nations and all of that. You know, in Job 38, we actually see that music started, it was part of God's heart right from the start, before it's always been there. This is what it said in Job 38, that before the first human being was ever created, it says that the stars sang together. And that the sons of men shouted for joy. While creation itself was happening, there was a song that was rising up. Isn't that cool? It's like, it's part of who God is even. This song, this celebration, this singing. Before the creation of the world, choirs of angels worshipped God Almighty through their musical expression. It's not just something that we do. It's not just notes on a guitar and you know, lyrics on a, on a screen. There's something about this connection between music and the presence of God and God himself. There are more than 1,100 verses in the Bible that reference music. 1,100 verses that connect music. Theologian Martin Luther once wrote these words about the significance of music. He said this, I have no pleasure. You got that one? Uh, Yeah, Yeah, nailed it. It said, I have no pleasure in any man who despises music. It is no invention of ours. It is a gift of God. I place it next to theology 
Satan hates music. He knows how it drives out the evil spirit out of us. How it drives the evil spirit out of us. Music is incredibly powerful. Tonight what I want to do is I want to look at three ways. Three ways that we can see this connection about how music connects and releases God's presence. The presence of God among us. So tonight we're just going to look at three ways that come from this story from this life of David and who this guy was. The first one is simply this. Music releases God's felt presence among us. Although God is omnipresent, we know he's everywhere. We know he's all around us all the time. Sometimes it's hard to know that he's actually with us. Anybody else relate to that? And I, music in particular, it somehow heightens our awareness of the presence of God. Some, for, for some reason, I don't know exactly why, but God seems to use this mu- gift of music to tune our hearts, to help us understand, connect with the frequency of his spirit in us. And this, illust- this truth is illustrated in multiple Bible stories, but I'm going to share one with you tonight. As many of you might know, uh, David, one of the things that he wanted to do in his life was to build this temple, to build this incredible this thing that was going to be an honor and a place to worship God. It was like his lifelong dream to build it. As his life progressed along, we see in the story that God says, no, you're not going to build it. You've shed too much blood. He was a warrior, fought too much. And God said, no, you're not going to do it, but your son will do it. His son Solomon was given this opportunity to build it instead. And after this incredibly extravagant, this divinely inspired building was finished, They planned a dedication service to honor God in his new house. In planning out the cervix, music was given top priority. Uh, If you want to open up your Bibles with me, if you have them with us, we're going to read from 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verses 11 to 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 5. Way in the back. I mean, not the back, the front. Verses, other way. (laughs) Verses 11 to 14. Chapter 5, verses 11 to 14. This is the story of what happened there. It says this. Then the priests left the holy place. All the priests who were present had purified themselves, whether or not they were on duty that day. And the Levites who were musicians, Asaph, Heman, Judith, and all their sons and brothers were dressed in fine linen robes and stood at the east side of the altar playing cymbals, lyres, and harps. Picture this with me. They're joined by 120 priests who are blowing trumpets, playing trumpets. The trumpeters and singers perform together in unison to praise and give thanks to God. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, other instruments, they raise their voices and praise the Lord with these words. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Recognize it? His love endures forever. At that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. Love this. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. 
we see in this story, as the musicians played, as the singers sang, the presence of God became noticeable. There was this increased awareness of his closeness. They couldn't even continue. They're stopped as they worshiped God with everything in them in unison as they came and they worshiped God in unison as they came and they sung and they praised God. The presence of God came on them in a way they couldn't continue. Johann Sebastian Bach wrote these words about this story. This is what he had to say about this story. At a reverent performance of music, God is always at hand with his gracious presence. Bach. Think of what he's written, the music that we listen to that he's written. At a reverent performance of music, God is always at hand with his gracious presence. In Psalm 22, verses 3, it says this, But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. It's as if our praises to God somehow make us more aware of God. And if this is true, then it means that the music, singing in our celebrations, the, the opportunities that you take to turn on the, the worship album at home. I was going to put the, say, put the CD in, but nobody puts a CD in anymore. Let's be honest. To have that playlist on your iPhone. To listen to that, whatever that looks like, to whatever that means. Those, those chances that we have to, to connect with God through music, it means that they are so important. The reason that we sing, that we do music, it's not just to fill up the order on a service. So that we, oh, well, we've got to have something to do, so let's put some music in there. It's not why we do it. It's to sensitize us to the nearness of God's presence. To provide a space and a place and a time and an opportunity to meet with the real presence of God that exists, that is here. And this is one of the reasons that David could be defined as a man after God's own heart. His music, his worship, his praise. He, he knew God's presence. Part of the reason this guy was a man after God's own heart is because he, he just loved to worship God and he knew God's presence because of that. He just found himself singing through his day. Can you picture this guy? Walking around with his lyre or whatever that looks like. I don't know. I pictured a band of theirs. There he goes. Not a lyre. <laughs> just worship God. It just kind of oozed out of me. He wrote songs on the back of a napkin. Just connecting and meeting God's presence. Maybe you're not a musician. Maybe that's not something you can do. But what does that look like for you? What does your playlist look like? What do those opportunities look like? Can I tell you a cool one we just found this week? Uh, for lots of parents, especially maybe younger kids. We found this playlist, 
um, on, on iTunes, and Robin can tell you a bit, maybe more of the specific name of it, but it's all contemporary worship songs, but it's a, a lullaby Just worship song. Xylophone and something else. Yeah, it's, it's xylophones and harp. And it's no words, it's just kind of a lullaby. My kids love to listen to music while they're going to bed. But it's not kind of rah, 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 no words, but it's just this beautiful worship album. And it's literally like our playlist, like what we're playing at church right now, singing all the songs we know, but it's just beautiful, like worshiping God. What, what is on your playlist? What are you listening to? What are you presenting? And as you do it, how are you meeting with, experiencing the presence of God? Jonathan Edwards, uh, the founder of the 18th century revivals, he said this, and we're going to skip ahead one more. All right, that's fine, actually. Our public praises were greatly enlivened, and God was served in our music, as in the beauties of holiness. There was scarce any part of divine worship, wherein God's saints among us had grace so drawn forth, and their hearts lifted up, as in singing the praises of God. In New English... He said that worship was an incredible part of the revival that happened all across Wales and across the United Kingdom. Worship was an incredible part of what happened there. It connected them to a place where they met the Spirit of God. Second thing that we're going to look at tonight. Oh. Oops. Sorry. X up in the top left corner. <laughs> Love it. I feel like a little... Oh. Need a little backing track for the sermon tonight, right? So. No worries, you guys. You're doing great. Thanks for helping out, boys. The second thing that we see from this story from David's life is that music releases God's anointed presence upon us not only does his presence is does we see his presence in a new way it's okay but you can just leave it not only we see his presence in us but his presence comes upon us and there's so many old testament stories but i I want us to look at one so this comes from first samuel chapter 10 so if you have your bibles again first samuel chapter 10 verses 5 and 6 and it's the story of saul and it's actually the story of Saul as he's first going to become king. And it's a story of uh, what was happening there. So 1 Samuel. Yeah, look at that. There's no slide. Everybody's got to open up their Bible now. I'm just kidding. 1 <laughs> Samuel chapter 10, verses 5 and 6. And this is what it says. This is the story of Saul. When you arrive at Gibeah of God, uh, where the garrison of the Philistines is located, you will meet a band of prophets coming down from the place of worship. They will be playing a harp, a tambourine, a flute, and a lyre, and they will be prophesying. At that time, the Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. Just just one more time. This is what Samuel says to Saul, these words. This is what's going to happen. You're going to go down... You're going to run into a bunch of these prophets. They're going to be all playing music, worshiping God. And as they worship, 
And as they prophesy, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you powerfully. You're going to prophesy, and you're going to be changed into a different person. And that's what happened. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Saul, partially because of this music, as they're worshiping God. Not only is the Spirit of God, Spirit of the Lord in us, in, in worship, but the Spirit of the Lord comes upon us, can come upon us. And there's this pattern throughout the Old Testament. The Spirit of God powerfully coming on people as music is being played. And I, I don't totally understand it, I can't totally explain it, but I know it's true and I've experienced that, where the Spirit of the, God, of the Lord comes upon us in worship. The second story, just to illustrate this quickly, comes out of 2 Kings chapter 3, verses 14. Uh, in this story, Ahab's son, Joram, uh, he teams up with Jehoshaphat, a king, and they're fighting against this other. The three of these guys are traveling, and they get stuck out in the desert. And uh, they're looking for a prophet, and they find the prophet Elisha. And this is kind of what he says to them. Elisha says this, Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, I wouldn't even bother with you except for my respect for King Jehoshaphat of Judah. Now bring me someone who can play the harp. It says, While the harp was being played, the power of the Lord came upon Elisha. This guy, who's like this prophet, who they called to him, he's like, Well, I can't really get going until I have some music. Cue the music. There's something about this. Hear it. While the harp was being played, the power of the Lord came upon Elijah. Yeah, don't cue it. I was just kidding. While the music was playing, the power of the Lord came upon Elijah. Music releases the anointed presence of God upon us. It's one of the reasons we include music in our services here. is because it helps us release God's anointing on us. Third thing, really quickly, is just as I close. Music releases God's healing presence within us. Not only does music release God's presence among us, not only does he release his presence upon us, but it also releases it within us. And it's this opportunity for the Spirit of God to work in us. The story that I read at the, at the beginning of, of the service and then at the beginning of this, this message, 1 Samuel 16, we see this story where, where, where literally uh, Saul is being tormented. He's like in fits of rage and he's being overcome. And what does he do to get better? Probably all kinds of other things. But he also says, bring me somebody who can play music. There's something about this worship, this opportunity where what happens in worship, where God can bring healing. I don't know if anybody here has ever um, done this with your kids, but I, I, one of the things I've done since my kids were little is I have a one, this one worship song that I, I've loved since I was little. And whenever they were at night or not feeling good or, or sick or just not sleeping or whatever, I would just lay with them and I would sing it over them. Um, 
last night maybe even, night before, one of the two nights, I was just tucking Caleb in and he just said, Dad, would you sing that song again? It was last night. Was it last night? Last night. Would you sing that song again? Like they just know it. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. Just a simple worship song. Nothing crazy. Just sing over them. Just worship. And allow the Spirit of God, no matter what's going on in their little hearts or minds or lives, to bring this Spirit of God to bring even healing to fix what's going on. Not to underestimate what that means, what happens when we worship God. His Spirit is among us. His Spirit comes upon us and He's within us. Releasing healing. Isaiah 61 verse 3 said this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Tonight, just as we uh, wrap up, we're just going to do something a little bit different. I just want to actually just play a song. It's a song I've played before. Um, but as I do this, I, I just want to invite you to engage as well. And I know it can be a little bit harder if you have kids in. And, oh, thanks. It can be a little bit harder, uh, maybe distractions-wise, with our kids and stuff like that. But I just want to give you this opportunity. Uh, just as we're going to play a song, we'll have it up on the slides. Are, is it working or no? No. I'll come, I'll come fix it in one second here, and then we'll, we'll make it work. But as, as we do this, uh, just to engage with us. And, and not just to sing a song, okay, but to, in, to, to stop and just go, Spirit of the Lord, come upon me. Maybe for you here tonight, maybe there's something that's going on. Maybe there's a, a brokenness. Maybe there's a, like Saul, maybe you're tormented. Maybe there's something that is not right inside. And just to say, Spirit of the Lord, even just as I play, Spirit of the Lord, would you heal me? Whatever it is in my heart, in my body, in my life. Maybe it's like Saul to say, Spirit of the Lord, would you come upon me? Turn me into a different person. We're just going to take a minute. And uh, it is working? I think so. I'll come take one quick look at it first. I'll rescue, but don't click on it yet. And uh, we're just going to play this song. Is it right? Give me one sec. We'll just make sure this is going to work so you can sing along with it. Maybe you just get to listen tonight. Shall I just close your computer? No, it's okay. Just leave it. I'm just going to invite you to stand or sit, whatever you feel comfortable doing. If you know the words, feel free to sing along. If not, just listen in. And as you listen tonight, just to allow the Spirit of the Lord to come upon you.
helps. There's no words anyways. If you want to close your eyes. There's nothing to look at. It's not about me. As we begin to say, God, we just want to invite your spirit, your presence in this place.
Spirit is here. That you live in us. Thank you for that connection to worship. God, as we walk out our week, may we just be inspired to, as we listen or as we sing, as we celebrate, God, may we meet with you. May we make know you in a more real, in a more tangible way, God. You are here, you are with us. As a church, we just